Welcome to the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast. I'm Cheryl McColgan, founder of Heal, Nourish, Grow. The website, this show, and our newsletter all focus on making the science of advanced nutrition and greater overall health accessible to everyone. Buckle up for our latest episode to get ideas, tools, and practical knowledge you can use to improve your health and move towards your perfect version of ultimate wellness. The Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast shares interviews with nutrition experts, health researchers, and everyday people that have changed their lifestyle and nutrition to support greater health. You'll learn how to implement lasting change and create new habits that support greater wellness and a happier, healthier life. Please visit healnourishgrowpodcast.com for full show notes and links to our guests. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast. I'm your host, Cheryl McColgan. And if you haven't been around my content before, uh, this will be a new topic for you. But if you have been around for a while, this is something that you've heard me talk about many, many times in the past. And that is the topic of fasting. So before we get into the rest of the show today, I just want to share with you some of my personal reasons why for fasting so that you know where I'm coming from and that you know why I'm so passionate about it because it's a topic that I quite often speak about at keto summits and other education. So I just want to share with you my background, why it's so important to me. So about six, seven years ago, or probably seven years ago now, my dad was diagnosed with blood cancer. And actually prior to that, he had had thyroid cancer. And my whole family has a whole bunch of cancer in it, uh, both sides of the family, uh, breast cancer, colon cancer, all kinds of things. Uh, probably some of this is due to the living in the South and maybe not having the best uh, health habits, but it's certainly, there is a genetic component to cancer. And so I started digging around and doing some research. And this is kind of a lot how I got to come to the whole keto and low carb space as well. Uh, but while I was digging around, I ended up finding some information. I was probably typing into Google cancer and cancer prevention. And I ended up finding a article about the 2016 Nobel prize for autophagy. And it's, I pulled this up so that I could say his name properly because I could never quite get it, but it's Yoshinori Oshumi. And so in 2016, he won the Nobel Prize for autophagy. Well, what autophagy is, what they discovered, is it's your body's cellular cleanup process. And basically, you can think of autophagy on a continuum. It's, it's kind of happening all the time in your body. But when it's happening most strongly is when you're not consuming any food. So, aka fasting. And that's really how I was introduced to the idea of autophagy. Meanwhile, when I ran across something saying that fasting was good, I was actually pretty happy because being in the yoga community for so many years, I've, I've practiced yoga over 25 years and I've been an instructor for the last 11. And so in that community, fasting is pretty common. Uh, it's also common in a lot of religions. So for example, Radhaman, uh, they don't eat from sunrise to sunset. I believe it's for 40 days in a row. So fasting has been part of our culture and part of religion for a very, very long time. But in recent history, all we've been taught is you have to eat every few hours to keep your metabolism going. And if you fast, you're going to lose muscle and, and all of these myths that have been perpetuated. And 
it makes people nervous to try fasting or to think that it might be actually unhealthy in some way when in fact exactly the opposite is true. So once I learned about this and, you know, fasting was not a foreign concept to me. I'd done it multiple times, like I said, with yoga. Uh, but I decided at that point, I'm like, if this is something that can possibly prevent cancer in my future, it's simple enough to do. This is something I'm going to take on as a serious practice. And so what I began doing at that time was I would do intermittent fasting on a daily basis for the most part. And then I also started doing some more extended fasting. And what my initial plan was based on what I had read and different things at the time, I was doing a five day fast quarterly. And that was just water and black coffee and electrolytes at that point. And if you're gonna do any kind of fasting beyond 24 hours, electrolytes are very key to still feeling well while you're fasting. Uh, but so I would do those five day four quarterly fast. I actually have another video about it here on my YouTube channel that just kind of did a wrap up how I was feeling throughout it. Um, anything that I noticed just to share that with people. And what I found was obviously a five day, a five day fast is going to be more of a challenge uh, for sure. It's also a big commitment to do that quarterly and it can uh, definitely interrupt your social life a little bit. But for me, it was so important because it was just making sure that I did that on a consistent basis. I really, based on everything I've read, all the research that I've read, convinced that it will hopefully help me possibly avoid cancer in the future, or at the very least, uh, stave off many other kinds of diseases or metab metabolic processes that might go wrong when you're not eating properly and you're not allowing your body this process of cellular cleanup. So. That got to be a little bit more of a challenge than I wanted to. And I finally ran across a more assisted fast. And so what I've been doing for the last two years in a row is a 60 hour fast every single month. So rather than doing it quarterly, I do that assisted fast. And what has happened through doing that process, it's made me far more consistent because before when I was doing the quarterly and I knew a five day was coming up, it was pretty easy to think of some excuse or some reason why I didn't necessarily want to do that. And so I wasn't as consistent as I would have liked, but doing this monthly uh, 60 hour fast instead has allowed me to be so much more consistent. Um, be doing my 31st one here coming up shortly, uh, right the weekend before Thanksgiving. And so anyway, all of that is to say, this is why I'm so passionate about fasting. And one of the articles that I wrote pretty early on on Heal, Nourish, Grow was about the benefits of fasting, listing some of the research studies, and just really wanting to share with people why I'm so passionate about it, how easily it can be incorporated into your life. And this is a health practice that you can use no matter what style of eating that you choose. So fasting is so powerful, so amazing. And the beauty of it is it's not, it's not starving yourself. You you're choosing this as a health protocol and you can also choose to quit the fast at any time you want. So if you're really not feeling well for some reason, then you just stop. It's that simple. So there's really no reason there, there are a few contraindications. So let's just go over that because as always, there's going to be this disclaimer in the podcast about, you know, I'm not a medical professional. This is for educational and entertainment purposes only, and that you should always talk to your doctor about any new health protocol that you want to try. All that being said, the things that might be the most contraindication for 
fasting or not fasting are, you know, obviously if you're pregnant, you're not going to want to be fasting. If you have a history of eating disorders, this is something that you'd want to work extremely closely with a professional on. It isn't to say that you could never do fasting if you have some kind of eating disorder, but uh, for some eating disorders, it could actually be beneficial. And if you have, you know, a history with this of control issues and you know, all that stuff around eating disorder, again, you, you got to work with a professional on it. But it's, if there's some health reason that you need to do it, say that you have a lot of cancer in your family, you have cancer personally, you have some other health issues where fasting might be appropriate, then maybe you could still try it again with the help of a professional. Um, the older you get, so I'm approaching 50 and pretty soon I need to probably revamp my fasting protocols again, because one of the things that happens as we get older is that your body loses muscle mass. And while Everything I've read for the length of fast that I'm doing, I don't believe that it indicates that there's going to be any kind of muscle loss. Um, but also as you get older, your body doesn't deal with protein as effectively. So if there's a small chance that you might be losing a little bit of muscle mass every time you fast, then you might want to consider as you get older, because it's harder to build back because we are losing it continually anyway, you might want to back off on it a little bit. So those are really the things that you want to consider if you're doing fasting or not. Uh, again, I think an intermittent fast every single day is very, very safe and just about anyone can do that. All you're doing is restraining yourself from eating for a minimum of 14 hours a day. Most people can pretty easily get to 12 because say you, say you stop eating at eight o'clock at night and then you don't eat again till eight o'clock the next morning, you're sleeping through most of that. But where you start to get more benefits is if you go more 14, 16, 18 hours without food. Uh, another topic that I should just touch on quickly because I don't think I'll be covering that later in the article and I probably should go back and talk about that there if I don't already. But people always have this question to me. The big question is what breaks a fast? <laughs> and my answer is much like all of the health mama stuff that I talk about and share with you is that it depends on your goal. If you've been around my content for a while, you know that one of my favorite things is making and eating gourmet food and pairing it with wine. You might think you can't enjoy wine though while trying to lose weight or stay in ketosis. And if you're drinking traditional wine, you might be right. So many wines are mass produced and full of sugar and other garbage additives that can wreak havoc on your health goals and just make you feel bad. Fortunately, I discovered Dry Farm Wines. I've been drinking their wine for years now and I love this company. They individually test small batch wines produced by vintners that are committed to the practice of dry farm production. Some of my favorites have been the Blaufrankisch variety from Austria and all all of the wines from the Loire Valley in France. Dry farm wines are free from excess sulfites and mold that can cause adverse reactions and hangovers. With no added sugar, each wine is tested to be under one gram of sugar in the entire bottle. Yep, you just heard that right. There's less than one carb in the whole bottle of wine. They're also slightly lower alcohol, which means you can enjoy a delicious wine pairing at dinner any given night and not end up with a hangover. You can receive an extra bottle for just a penny with your first order by visiting Dry dryfarmwines.com slash heal nourish grow. I'd love to hear what your favorite wine is after you try it and be sure to tag me on social with pictures of your wine and delicious dinners. Again, that bottle of wine for a penny is at dryfarmwines.com slash heal nourish grow. So if your goal 
is maximum autophagy, you're just gonna wanna drink water and electrolytes for your fast. That will give you the maximum autophagy. But again, you also have to consider what will make you more consistent in doing it. If the only way that you can be consistent in doing it is to do an assisted fast or maybe have something like a little bone broth or ketones or a little cream in your coffee, whatever it is, if it's gonna make you more consistent and allow you to do it, then having that is totally fine. You just don't wanna go over 50 calories on anything that you're consuming and then for the whole day, you don't wanna be consuming more than 100 calories for the whole day. And that will give you a high, a very high amount of autophagy, not the maximum, again, it's a continuum, but you're getting still high autophagy. And again, if it's, it's the only way that you're gonna do it or it's the way that you can get through a fast, then I'm all for that. And you know, everybody has a little bit different opinion on that, um, but ultimately you just need to decide this for yourself. If on the other hand, your goal is more using fasting for weight loss, then small amounts of fat during your fasting window. So for example, if you get up in the morning and have a little bit of cream in your coffee, or if you use a product like I use every morning, that's got, um, it's called keto cream and it's got protein and some, or like not um, protein powder, but collagen powder. So that's really good for your skin, hair, and nails. So it's got a little bit of collagen. It's got some MCT fat in it. It's a total of 120 calories. So I quite often consume that in my fasting window when I'm doing intermittent fasts. And so if your goal is weight loss, that amount of calories, and if it's all fat calories, it's not raising your insulin, so it's not promoting the fat storing signaling in your body. And so that would be considered an okay thing to do if your goal is weight loss. Again, if you want the very maximal effect for weight loss or for autophagy, you're ideally just consuming electrolytes and water. So hopefully that clears up that question once and for all. Again, I'm sure other people have other opinions, but I'm all about using the tools that will make you more consistent and allow you to have some ease in these practices. Um, because if you had to think of a 60 hour fast every single month where you're drinking absolutely nothing but water and salt, it can get to be quite drudgerous. Drud is drudgery? Drudgery is definitely a word. I don't know if drudgerous is a word, but in any case, you get my point. So I think that I covered everything I wanted to cover to set this up. And so now what I wanted to do is because that benefits of fasting article at healnourishgrow.com is quite long, what I thought I'd do is kind of treat it like an audiobook and read it to you because I know sometimes, you know, people don't have the time to necessarily sit down and read a whole long article, but if it's a topic that you're interested in and you want to hear more about it, you could easily listen to this on your walk or on your you know, whatever you're doing for your movement for the day, have your headphones on or on your way to work in the car, something like that. I'm finally able to share some really exciting news with the Heal, Nourish, Grow family. After years of people telling me I should write a cookbook, I finally did. It's of course focused on keto recipes that are low carb and delicious, but however you choose to eat, you'll wanna have these weeknight recipes that are finished in under 30 minutes at your disposal to feed your hungry crew. The cookbook is available mid-November, so if you're listening to this, it's likely already out. Please visit cookbook.healnourishgrow.com for all the details. And so I, I just hope that it'll make this article a little bit more accessible to people having it in audio as well, because as I said, it is something I am very, very passionate about. It's something that is a very powerful health practice. Um, I should also mention that it is very 
indicated in diabetes. And if you've never heard of Jason Fung before, he's kind of basically the world authority on fasting and diabetes at this point. And so for very resistant cases of diabetes, or even just normal diabetes, people are using it as part of the protocol to reverse uh, their diabetes and get their blood sugar under control. So with all that set up, now I will go ahead and go to audio only and pop over and read the article from Heal, Nourish, Grow. And if you have any follow-up questions, please definitely let me know. Again, this is a topic that I just uh, am very passionate about. So I'd love to hear your commentary or hear your, ask your questions. I mean, at this point, I have so much experience doing it personally. So if you're wondering about how it feels or any issues you might have as you're going along, it's probably something that I've experienced myself or dealt with before. So without further ado, let's go to the article. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. We'd also love it if you could post a review on iTunes. It helps us so much by allowing others to more easily find us. The Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast wouldn't be possible without listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support. Now back to the show. Research on fasting is fascinating. There are so many health benefits to fasting that it's worth trying for yourself. With multiple ways to do it, including several types of intermittent fasting and the more prolonged extended fasting, you're likely to find a version that works for you. Going without food for a period of time on a daily basis is one of the easiest and most powerful health tools you can implement no matter how you choose to eat. If you decide to try it, be prepared for some backlash. Unless they've read the research, a lot of people see it as a form of an eating disorder or start to worry about you if you skip a meal. This thinking is in part because we've been brainwashed by the packaged food industry to believe that breakfast is the most important meal of the day and that eating every few hours to keep one's metabolism going is necessary. Plus, if you're still a sugar burner, a few hours without a meal can make you, your blood sugar levels crash and make you downright hangry. It makes it hard to imagine going for very long without a meal. Fasting for health. Fortunately, in functional medicine circles and particularly the keto community, extended fasting for autophagy, insulin regulation, weight loss, and health is generally accepted as normal and beneficial. Even if you don't need to lose weight, you can still get benefits from fasting. If losing weight is not a goal, you need to make sure you're consuming the appropriate amount of food in your eating window. Even without weight loss, you can reap great metabolic benefits. Metabolic health is important for disease prevention, yet only 12% of Americans are metabolically healthy. Just because you're a normal weight doesn't mean you're metabolically healthy. Metabolic health is defined as an ideal blood sugar level, triglycerides, HDL, cholesterol, blood pressure, and waist circumference. These markers should be in the normal range without medication to be considered metabolically healthy. These factors directly relate to a person's risk for heart disease, diabetes, stroke, and COVID outcomes. The benefits of intermittent fasting include improving metabolic markers. Once you become fat adapted by following a ketogenic diet, fasting becomes much easier since your body is trained to easily access body fat. Whether you choose to experience the benefits of fasting as a sugar burner or as a fat burner, the health advantages still apply. It's just that fasting is so much easier when you're following a keto diet. If you're wondering how to get started with the keto diet, be sure to check out our comprehensive guide to keto. Science-backed benefits of fasting. A reminder here is that I am not a doctor or licensed to give nutrition advice. I'm just a very good researcher that's been interested in my own health and wellness for over 25 years. Please consult a health professional if you have concerns about fasting or your diet. 
Benefits of all types of fasting regimens include improved heart disease risk factors such as inflammation, insulin resistance, and visceral fat mass. Benefits of intermittent fasting included improvements in these areas. There's also evidence that fasting improves lipid levels, if we believe that's even important, helps osteoarthritis, disease prevention, decreases body fat, and promotes weight loss. While some of the research has been on mice and monkeys, there are also plenty of human studies and mounds of anecdotal evidence. Clearly, the health benefits of fasting are numerous. On a separate note on fasting is that it may support calorie restriction, which has been shown to help people live longer and lose weight. Skip down to the additional benefits of fasting here or read on about the types of fasting below. Types of fasting. There are two types, intermittent fasting and extended fasting, also known as prolonged fasting. Intermittent fasting is basically any amount of time under 24 hours or based on doing fasting 24 hours at a time, various times of the week. You may also like to think of intermittent fasting in terms of having an eating window, which seems like a more positive way to view it. The most popular types of intermittent fasting include 16-8, eat, stop, eat, one meal a day or OMAD, alternate day, and convenient. You can get some of the health benefits of fasting with fast as little as 12 hours at a time. When the benefits of fasting start to kick in depends on when glycogen stores are depleted. If you're keto or very active in the beginning of a fast, the benefits kick in sooner. Intermittent fasting types. 1410, 16-8, or 18-6, or 20-4 fasting. When you see people talk about intermittent fasting in terms of two numbers, they are referring to the fasting window or the eating window. The first number indicates the number of hours fasting, and the second number represents the number of hours that are the eating window. One of the most popular is 16-8, since it's easily achieved by having dinner by 8 p.m., then simply skipping breakfast the next day. If you had dinner at 8, you could eat 16 hours later at noon, which fits well with most people's work schedules. This gives your body 16 hours to avoid the release of insulin caused by food, thus promoting proper blood sugar levels. The benefits of intermittent fasting are numerous. Two meals a day improves glucose tolerance and promotes autophagy, further discussed below. 5-2 fasting. Rather than the number of hours fasting, 5-2 refers to the number of days involved. This protocol involves eating normally for five days of the week and restricting calories to 25% of normal on two non-consecutive days. Or you could fast completely for 24 hours on those chosen days. Eat, stop, eat fasting. The eat, stop, eat fasting method is pretty simple. Eat normally for most days of the week, but then fast for 24 hours once or twice a week. Dinner to dinner may seem the easiest to most, but you can choose to any 24 hours to fast. Alternate day fasting, ADF, has you eating every other day of the week. There are multiple studies on PubMed on alternate day fasting with varying results, but most show that it's effective for weight loss and affects some other biomarkers as well. One meal a day or OMAD fasting. With the OMAD method of fasting, you eat once a day. This could literally be one giant meal in which you eat all of your calories for the day, or it might be divided into smaller meals within a two to three hour time window. Extended fasting, also known as prolonged fasting. Extended fasting is typically thought of as any fast over 24 hours. There are some additional health benefits that begin to take effect with fast of this length. If you choose to participate in extended fasting, it's a good idea to consult your health professional first. 
People who are underweight or have very low body fat should be cautious about fasting for too long. What's allowed on an extended fast? Strictly speaking, an extended fast consists of water only and should most definitely include electrolyte supplementation. Any nutrients consumed during the fast, even in small quantities, may disrupt some of the fasting benefits. For However, fasting for autophagy should not be looked at as an on-off switch. Autophagy takes place on a continuum. Most agree that black coffee and tea can be consumed and may even offer benefits to the fast. Other schools of thought posit if you consume something that does not raise insulin and keep the calorie consumption to a minimum, say under 50 calories a few times a day, autophagy is not interrupted. The same line of thinking applies to the fast mimicking diet, which actually allows for about 500 calories a day. For longer fasts, I supplement with magnesium. I actually take this every night since it helps with sleep. I keep it simple for sodium and potassium. Morton's light salt has both and I simply dissolve it in water. Just don't do too much at one time. About a half a teaspoon in eight ounces of water doesn't taste too strong. Light salt is inexpensive and easy to find in any grocery store. Or you could get an electrolyte supplement in pill form such as keto electrolytes, or you can use Mitoplex since it doesn't contain any sweetener. There are also other powdered electrolytes, but many have sweeteners and you may wanna avoid those if you're being very strict with your fast. The Keto Reboot. For over a year, I've been doing a ketone, broth, and electrolyte-assisted fast called the 60-Hour Keto Reboot. The kit goes on sale at the beginning of each month for a few days. We fast as a community on a specific date each month, or you can use the kit to do your own assisted fast anytime you like. I actually enjoy doing it with the community, though. It helps keep me accountable and has also kept me from skipping it. My experience with this 60-hour fast is that it's much easier to do than a water and coffee-only fast. However, you are consuming a small number of calories, which potentially lessen autophagy slightly. However, what I found doing this fast is so much easier that I've been way more consistent with my extended fasting. In September 2020, I completed my 16th one, and I don't see myself stopping anytime soon. I'd love to have you join me on this fast, so feel free to reach out with any questions about the reboot. You can learn more about it at hng.rebootnow.com. Caffeine while fasting. There are two schools of thought on the use of caffeine during a fast. The first is that fasting should be a rest and repair period for the body. Since caffeine stimulates the adrenals, you may want to avoid it while fasting. The other thought is that caffeine can be a benefit while fasting by acting as an appetite suppressant, increasing ketones, and inducing autophagy. The additional benefits of extended fasting will be discussed below. What type of fasting is the best? The type of fasting that is the best is the one that works for each individual. Start with simply skipping a meal for a few days in a row and see how it works for you. Assuming all goes well, start to experiment with some of the other types and see what works best for your body, your goals, and your hormones. It's normal to experience some hunger, of course, but it typically goes in waves and passes pretty quickly, especially if you stay well hydrated. It's also important to keep an eye on your electrolytes while fasting by supplementing if necessary. Typically, electrolytes only become an issue on fast of longer than 24 hours. You know how I talk about being just 1% better every day? Well, ButcherBox believes in better. For them, better means caring about animals and the planet and treating the planet with respect. It means improving the lives of animals and the livelihoods of farmers. Their beef is grass-fed and grass-finished. Chicken is free-range and organic. Turkey is free-range. Pork is humanely raised, and salmon and scallops are wild-caught. 
I've been using ButcherBox for a couple of years now and it was such a godsend having high quality meat delivered straight to my door during the pandemic. If you're interested in saving money and eating healthier, this is the perfect service for you. For the entire month of December, new customers can get free bacon for life. And who does not love bacon, right? Plus $20 off a month for five months for an additional $100 savings. To take advantage of this offer, just go to butcherbox.co slash heal nourish grow. That's B C H R B O X dot C O slash heal nourish grow, or simply check the show notes for my link. Women can be more sensitive to fasting than men since their bodies are designed to carry children. If a woman's body feels it's not safe to bear children due to lack of food and nutrition, it may begin to alter hormones. Hormone levels can get thrown off by excessive fasting, so be sure to start out slow if you're a woman. The hunger hormones leptin and ghrelin can also be affected in anyone with fasting. Benefits of intermittent fasting. Blood pressure. Blood pressure is one of the markers of metabolic health. Unfortunately, only 12% of Americans are actually metabolically healthy. Multiple studies show improvements in blood pressure markers with intermittent fasting. In this study, researchers compared a group with a 12-hour eating window to a group with a 6-hour eating window and found significant improvements in blood pressure in the longer fasting group. The study found fasting longer and lower blood pressure. Benefits of intermittent fasting. Blood sugar and insulin regulation. Blood sugar levels changing and insulin decreases can be seen in fasts as little as 12 hours and improve over more time. Regular intermittent fasting of 20 hours was shown to reduce insulin levels and increase insulin sensitivity. Insulin levels drop up to 70% in the first 24 hours, and at 54 hours, insulin is at its lowest level and you are more insulin sensitive. Benefits of intermittent fasting, fasting for weight loss. Intermittent fasting of various types produces weight loss over time. There are multiple studies on this topic. There are at least two mechanisms in, in fasting that may produce weight loss, reduced insulin and calorie reduction. Benefits of fasting 18 to 24 hours, ketosis. When you follow a ketogenic way of eating, you're in ketosis most or all of the time. When not following a ketogenic diet, fasting can promote ketosis as soon as glycogen stores have been depleted, which depends on a number of factors, such as a person's diet and how active they are. According to a 2018 study published in Obesity, ketones may start being produced after just 18 hours of fasting. According to the same study, more significant ketones are generated a couple of hours later, resulting in heavy ketosis. Benefits of fasting 24 hours or more. Autophagy. Autophagy is one of the coolest things about fasting. In 2016, Yoshinori Oshumi won the Nobel Prize for discovering the miraculous process of autophagy. Autophagy comes from the Greek words auto and phagion, which means self and to eat. In other words, autophagy is the process of self-eating. He discovered autophagones accumulated in the absence of food. So what does this mean to you? When you're fasting for autophagy, the body is literally eating itself by feeding off of deteriorating and damaged cells. As you can imagine, this has huge implications for your health. It's an opportunity to get rid of dangerous cells that can cause disease. Disrupted autophagy has been noted in Parkinson's, type 2 diabetes, and other disorders. Fasting for 24 hours or more induces neuronal autophagy, which may protect against Alzheimer's. Autophagy may also explain why some studies show a loss 
of small lean mass during fasting. It's likely that at least some of this loss can be attributed to autophagy of damaged cells rather than the body feeding off the protein in the muscles. If you think about it, losing muscles during time of famine would not make evolutionary sense. Clinical evidence backs up this assertion and shows that no lean mass was lost with fasting. A more recently study showed a slight loss of lean mass, but less with fasting than in a calorie restricted group. It's important to know that autophagy can be slowed or stopped by consuming any amount of protein or carbohydrate. Fat has less of an effect, but for maximum autophagy, it's best to avoid assuming anything with calories. Artificial sweeteners should probably be avoided as well to get the full benefits of fasting as they can cause insulin responses in the body despite being non-caloric. Benefits of fasting 24 hours or more. Human growth hormone. After 48 hours of fasting, human growth hormone, or HGH, is five times the level than when you started. Since this hormone declines significantly with aging, it could play a role in rejuvenation in older people. Human growth hormone generally declines every year after 30. By age 60, your level of HGH is half of what it was at age 25. One way fasting promotes HGH is through the hunger hormone ghrelin. It promotes the secretion of HGH. With HGH at such a high level during fasting, it may be a good time to work on building muscle mass if that is a goal and you feel well enough to do so. Personally, my experience is that I can exercise without much trouble when fasting. The key here, as always, is to listen to your body and stop doing anything that makes you feel unwell. Benefits of fasting varied time frame, weight loss. While there is a theoretical limit for fat mobilization, that has been discussed quite often in the keto community, that might not be the whole story. New research is showing that keto-adapted athletes may be able to more easily access body fat and burn it in accordance with their activity. A 2016 study by Volick found that fat oxidation in low-carb subjects was over twice as much as that in the high-carb group. Whether or not we know if this fat mobilization increase holds true for those that aren't athletes is irrelevant. With no intake of food, people lose weight, and there is research cited above that explores many different types of fasting. Most, if not all of them, result in weight loss. Benefits of fasting 72 hours or more. Immune regeneration. After 72 hours, key regulators of cellular protection and tissue regeneration kick in. Pathways that give cells the ability to resist toxins are activated. Prolonged fasting may protect cells from chemotoxicity by reducing circulating insulin-like growth factor, also known as IGF-1. This has implications for both the immune system and possibly on the ability for patients to better withstand cancer treatments. Benefits of fasting four to five days, longevity and multiple health effects. Dr. Longo has been doing a lot of research on the effects of prolonged fasting and is one of the fast mimicking diet proponents. The fast mimicking diet does include some food, but it is mostly fat and calorie restricted to get the benefits of fasting while still being able to consume some food. However, you can get the same results by simply fasting. Fasting for five days has been shown to produce multiple positive effects. Quote, the fasting-like diet reduced body weight and body fat, lowered blood pressure, and decreased hormone IGF-1, which has been implicated in aging and disease. A post-hoc analysis replicated these results and also showed that fasting decreased BMI, glucose, triglycerides, cholesterol, and C-reactive protein, which is a marker for inflammation. These effects were generally larger in the subjects who were at greater risk of disease at the start of the study. 
A larger study is needed to replicate these results, but they raise the possibility that fasting may be a practical road to a healthy metabolic system. Other research by Longo shows that fasts for five days are the sweet spot for shifting stem cells from dormant to a state of self-renewal. This length of fast also prevents immune system damage, which again has huge implications for chemotherapy. Benefits of fasting, cancer. There is starting to be more research on the role of fasting in cancer. However, it's tough to get research funded for a modality that doesn't result in an expensive drug to be sold. The obvious benefit here is autophagy, which promotes higher levels of tumor suppressing genes as described above. There's also an effect on the immune system and the ability to withstand toxins, which could help prevent some of the side effects of chemotherapy. Breast cancer survivors have a better outcome when practicing intermittent fasting. Results of a five-day fast. I've done all kinds of fasting over the years and most recently tried a more prolonged fast. I've now done three fasts of just over five days and will be sharing my experiences with you soon. Here is a video I made about my personal why for fasting and how going without food for five days feels. Since I first wrote this article, I've switched to doing a 60 hour fast every single month. And this month, which is November of 2021, I have completed 31 60 hour fasts in a row. Again, for the reasons I stated before, I'm going for disease prevention. There's a ton of cancer in my family. And so for me, this seems like an easy enough way to try to do something proactive for my health and possibly prevent disease. Hope you've enjoyed this article on fasting. And as always, if you have any questions, please follow up with me and be sure to subscribe to our newsletter so that you get all the latest research. This has been the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast. Again, I'm Cheryl McColgan, founder of Heal, Nourish, Grow. You can find show notes for this episode at healnourishgrowpodcast.com. If you have feedback on today's episode or questions about the content, please email us at podcast at healnourishgrow.com. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to sign up for our email list at healnourishgrow.com and subscribe to the show with your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. Join us next time for more information that helps you live your best and healthiest life. Thanks for listening. Content on the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast does not constitute medical advice. Content contained in the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast is not intended as medical diagnosis or treatment. Neither the company nor its owner, Heal, Nourish, Grow, LLC, nor any of the company's employees, agents, or guest speakers provide medical advice. The content provided on Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your medical provider with any questions about what health practices are right for you.